0: I wanted to uh, thank some new Patreon members as we get started. We so last week, I guess it was last week. I said that we had a new slot open um, on the the higher level of Patreon, the people that we call out, and we actually got a few, uh, a few across the entire group of people. So I wanted to welcome some new people. So I'm just going to go ahead and do the thank you for the Patreon thing at the beginning of the show, which we don't That's normally fair. do, but we're thankful. So. Uh, big thanks and welcome to some of the new people here. We've got uh, Crabtree Creative, who I believe we met in Louisville.
1: Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. We've been talking and yeah. we met do a project together.
0: Awesome. Uh, the Web Ranch Woodworks, Gretchen Hofer, Michael Menegin, Warren Works, Stu Morrison is now Stu. at that top of a good old oh. Stu. Stu Stu's Morrison. Awesome. Uh, Scott Orham, Odin OG. Leather Goods, Rich at Lowen Designs, Grant from Dad Crafted. D- oh, I, said that I just sent him my Grant.
1: envelope, my sticker swap.
0: Awesome. Uh, Chad's Custom Creations. We have two battling Chad's. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like something from Florida. That's Can't right. fight. Uh, Chad's Custom Creations. Welcome. And Chad from ManCrafting. Welcome for being Never. here forever, because you're awesome. Uh, works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. And then there's uh, several other people that jumped in at the lower levels. Uh, Richard Quay. I think Richard, I, I think you, I say your last name, Quay. Richard is one of our longtime supporters uh both here but and also the maker alliance our, I like to make stuff patreon super cool guy super great designer and he has this uh this van that he is completely like a like a traveling I don't know what you call him what's the word I'm looking for transit type van where he's completely built out like electrical systems water systems all this stuff so that he can take it camping and he brought it here when we did the uh, maker alliance summer camp and I got to actually get in it and check it all out it's awesome. He does really, really good stuff. Anyway, glad to have you here, uh, Richard. And I'm sure there's other new names that I, that are not sticking out to me in the list, but I just want to say thank you to all the new people, all the people that have been around for a long time that helped the show go. So thank you for that. And all of those people at every level get the after show, which usually starts, we were joking, the show starts with me going, and the after show, every single time. (laughs) But I realize that people who don't support us on patreon i've never heard that i mean now you've heard it so i guess i just ruined that but anyway if you want to get that after show you can go to patreon.com slash making it and sign up at any level it really does make the show go we're very grateful for the support very grateful
2: i've said this before and i mean i my favorite comments on youtube on my youtube videos is somebody that says i'm a podcast listener yeah and then they make a nice comment or there some inside podcast stuff that they'll comment. Yeah, those are my really
1: favorite comments. I really, I, I really them. makes you smile.
2: Yeah. yeah, very
0: cool. So thank you everybody over there, and glad to have new people. It's awesome. Welcome aboard. Um, well, what what are you guys up to? What's going on? Are you not, are you get getting dumped in snow right now? Are you getting completely covered up by terrible weather?
2: The okay. my app says heavy snow, and I'm looking outside, and it's a mixture of. Light snow and, and rain, so it's it's weird. And then tomorrow it's going to be sixty, so it's <laughs> February in Ohio yeah, for real. We were actually talking yesterday about like, oh, we should probably go
0: ahead and put away all the kids' like snow boots and the, the bibs and all this, you know, just to like pack it away. And yeah, we should probably wait till May. I just yeah. just to <laughs> wait till May.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm looking on the app. It says we're going to get snow today. Ninety percent chance. 90 percent chance of snow but i i just does not seem like it and then when you see the satellite it's so far away so i don't know whatever Mm. whatever whatever happens happens i'm inside in a heated room so i don't care
0: yeah with your radiators keeping my
1: my radiators are all in place awesome so is that done is that all it it is done yep yep patrick did the final electrical (laughs) tie-in What the Mo's Mo on Instagram is named Mo's Plumbing and Heating or Turn Up the Comfort. He did all the plumbing and changed all the circulator pumps and upgraded the system to modern technology. And then he left Patrick to do the electrical, which would have been tying in all the thermostats and the zone valves and all that stuff. And it was fairly complicated, but we got it all figured out the other day. And there's like this thing that. An override that listens to the temp t- takes the temperature outside, and it's a very, fairly complicated. So if the system goes down, I'm going to be up up the creek without a paddle. But uh, everything's working fine right now, and the the zone I got nest, so those things are working fine. But the reason I was going to say uh, the reason i bring bringing this up is because before Patrick wired it in, it was just on full blast. I went through one full thousand gallon tank of oil in probably about twice as much time as i should have and the house was hot all the time everywhere because none of the thermostats were hooked up so the thing was just on it it had its own internal shutoff temperature but it never got there so it was just always on all the time and all the rooms were warm and hot so now the thermostats are all on and they're all on eco so they all like jump back to 65 so i'm expecting for the last month walking into every room and feeling a blast of hot air And now I'm feeling a blast of just average chill. But it's still, if it's 19, 20 degrees outside, it's like 60, 65 in the house. And I could obviously turn all that up. But I have to dig into the systems and figure out why. I turn it all up high, and then I leave it, come back, and then it automatically goes back to the Echo system. I just got to go on the app and just adjust it. Hmm. But it is Um, nice to have it, and and definitely the house. I'm in using rooms now that I never used. Oh. For the... For, for the, the Nest year.
0: stuff, um, you may already know about this, but in addition to the thermostat, which senses the temperature at the thermostat, they also have these little cheap sensors that you can pair with the thermostat and put oh, it in another room. I did
1: not know that. That's good. Yeah, so
0: if you want to have it – like we have one in our, our boys' room, which is a converted attic space. It always gets a little bit warmer up there, so we're checking temperature there even though the thermostat for it is in the living room. In oh, that's shade, really smart.
1: I, you know, I definitely would need that in a couple spots. Yeah, that's cool. and nice they're know that.
0: maybe I don't know, fifteen, nineteen bucks for a sensor, yeah. and you just pair it. It's easy to to do and stuff.
1: So, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that because that's exactly what we, me and Mo were discussing where to put the thermostats based on the new heating in, in the house. And you know, you don't want it to be right over the 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 radiators or the the radiant heat. You don't want it to be right near it. You want it to sure. be kind of like in an ambient area where the just it gets over the ambient what radiators. Thank you,
2: <laughs> radiators. <laughs>
1: Cool. So it's. Uh, I'm getting used to the system and it's working. It's definitely working. After Patrick left, he texted me a few times. He's like, "Any problems?" Because once we got it all programmed in and we went through this long booklet of things to program into this like master digital thing, we were all just like, "Okay, I guess that's it. I mm. guess it's going to work now." But we ran around the house and I sent the single to the to the box and you see the lights light up and. That all works. It's gonna feel so good
2: after all those years to have controlled temperature.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, without all the circulator pumps that were switched and and the the plumbing was all reconfigured to just flow better. So there were sections of the house that never, ever, ever got heat. I just was like, okay, it's always going to be as cold as it is outside in these couple of rooms. There was nothing there to freeze, so I wasn't ever worried about it. So, and then over the, the few disasters over the years where I had broken pipes, those pipes were the heating pipes that broke, not plumbing pipes, so not water supply pipes, but the the baseboard heating had water in it, and it just didn't circulate far enough. By the time it got there, it was cold, and it was freezing, so it couldn't fight the onslaught of the cold area. Anyway, so that's not no longer going to be a problem. So, I'm excited about that's that. great. And yeah. then also all the new, m- new units were put in with PEX, not copper. So the PEX expands and contracts. If, if ever there was a catastrophe, and now everything has glycol in it, if ever there is a catastrophe, it's very unlikely that it would freeze. Hmm. So that's it. I mean, we're much safer than we were before. That's great. That's it.
0: You've been working on anything? I'm just been working like enjoying on, your heat.
1: <laughs> I'm just enjoying my heat, walking around <laughs> with a towel in the house. Uh, <clears throat> I'm working on, we, I've been calling it the No Float Boat. I got this boat bar, which you see on Instagram from time to time. Me and Patrick are working on it together. It's Blue Point Brewery has these boats that are attached to trailers, and they pull up to a festival or a party, and they serve beer off of them. So the one we got was completely weather beaten. It's a real old antique boat attached to a trailer with a with an awning that opens and closes. And the boat was just so beaten down by the weather and the whole side was hanging off. So quite physically rebuilt the all the structure. The main boat itself is still the 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 flack, the planking that you would see on a traditional boat. It has sort of like Chris Craft windshield from like the 50s. So I'm remaking that that should be. I should be probably be done with a lot of that by the end of this day. Like so, you're,
0: is like you're remaking the glass part or the frame? What are the you frame? Doing? Yeah, the frame. Okay.
1: I'll probably remake the glass because I think one of the panels is missing. When the boat showed up, half the windshield was <clears throat> completely rotted and <clears throat> collapsed. And so I'm remaking all the structure of that. And then uh, it's getting pretty close. We're getting pretty close. And then I'm also working on my other boat. And then we're going to talk a little bit about spring cleaning and just kind of refreshing our living spaces a little bit today. And. Uh, to that end I am making a new dining room table built to my own personal specifications That's and awesome. I like having these ha- b- these these tables in the house that I could also double as a work table for me and so imagine uh, that <laughs> I can, I, I can. <laughs> so it's like a dining room table but I'm making it kind of like a workshop table but it'll it's going to be huh. a traditional old school farmhouse and y- you guys might remember years and years ago going back almost 10 years i made a hatchet and everyone's like oh you can't oh you don't know what you're doing this is like before the hatchet craze became kind of an everyday thing so i didn't realize how many hatchet nerds are out there so i made a hatchet they're like oh that's useless the handle's useless the wood you use so in another video i demonstrated that it worked and i chopped the tree down and then all the comments were oh great you killed the tree for no reason (laughs) what's wrong with you you're a tree killer (laughs) And the tree was clearly dead. I walked out into my woods on the 40 acres and found a dead tree standing and chopped it down. So then they're fighting with each other. It's like, it's clearly dead, you moron. And so I took that tree in a third video and I dragged it back to the house and I chopped it up and I brought it into the city and I turned it into table legs on the lathe. And I never did part four, which would have been me making the table. And that's what I'm going to do. So this is part four. So I made a hatchet, then I demonstrated it. Video two, video three is making the table legs. Now here, it's almost eight or nine years later, I'm making the actual table. So I'm using those table legs. Yeah. So everything gets finished.
0: So it's it's like a video series that's longer than the tree was alive in the
1: first place. That's (laughs) right. The video series, that's almost as long as my channel has been on. So that's, that's cool. I'm excited to finally use those legs. Do you guys have any
2: projects in your house where you finish it enough for the video, but you didn't finish it enough for durability? Like I have a few. Every projects. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm in, I'm in this room and I'm looking at uh, a few months ago I made a phone bench from a, from an old book and. For the video I put one coat of oil on there just so and then I could shoot the end and when you put one coat of oil on there it looks great for a couple of days, but then you know, a few days later you gotta keep adding oil. And so I look at it now and it's so dull and lifeless and it needs more oil and I just one day I'm gonna get to it. One and there's mm. other projects around here too where I, I get close to the finish line or close enough to the finish line for the video and then forget about it. Yeah.
1: You guys remember that table that I made, and I—I I recently on Instagram I showed it. I made this table that's like a crotch of a walnut tree, and I wrapped it with steel, so it looks like the slab, very edge of the slab looks like it's got steel as its bark, and I dug that out and brought that to the house. I decorated one of the rooms in the house with all my old stuff, and at the shop it was all covered with dust, so I oiled it or I, I bre waxed it. I re it. I got a beautiful... It looked pretty good when I pulled it out, and then I put it in my truck, and I got busy. The door... The shop was closed. I was working for about another two hours. It was getting rained on the entire time. I had no idea. Oh. It was like face the rain. And so I brought it to the house. I wiped off the water. It, it was kind of beating on it a little bit, and I brought it to the house, and I put it in it. And then as it heated up in the room, like the whole thing got all like ashy white. Mm-hmm. like... You know what I'm saying? And so... If it was a client job, I would have panicked. I would have panicked because I'm like, "Oh my God, the finish is all destroyed." But since it's mine, I'm like, "Ah, I'll reoil it one day." So <laughs> yeah, every time I walk through the room, I'm like, "I got to go get some Bree Wax or some Total Boat Oil or something and chooch this table back up."
0: So you guys should both—I mean, myself included—because I have those two. You should create a list and just every time, like on your phone, and every time you see one of those things that you know that needs another coat of finish or yeah. a piece of trim, we're not or doing whatever. that again, are we? Well, I just, you know, if we make a list, then it's at least all in one place. (laughs) And then when you have a free Saturday, you can be like, all right, I'm going to run through this list and get it done. Because that mental weight, that thing sits on your shoulder every single time you see that thing. Like every single time I go into my renovated bathroom and I look down at the piece of trim that never got put on the floor (laughs) next to the vanity four years ago. It's a piece of, it's like eight inches long, a piece of baseboard that I just didn't i cut it i just never attached it and it just needs to be
1: nailed to the wall i have a piece of that trim in my kitchen it's four it's about two inches wide by four feet tall it covers up a whole bunch of spray foam between a crack Mm. and i still haven't cut it every once in a long while and i have absolutely nothing to do for eight minutes i'm like i'm gonna go out there right now and cut that and then i start surfing on instagram and forget to do it (laughs) (laughs) yep
2: yeah Cool. Uh, well, David, what have you been working on? So I've been sick for a few days. I'm fine now, so things have been put on hold for a little bit, but we got two videos in the works. We started the sliding cross-cut table attachment for my table saw, and uh, that's going to be super, super nice. We've, uh, we're going to hopefully finish that up between tomorrow and Friday, but... It's basically, it's a permanent attachment on my table saw to do sliding cross cuts. And the, I guess the advantage of that over a sled is it can come back a lot further than a miter gauge or, or your sled. So I'll have like 30 inches of cross cut capability. If I'm just using a miter gauge, my, I measured, I'm only getting like 10 and a half inches of crosscut capability. So that'd be really nice. And then, um... For fun, we're shooting another Facebook ads video. Where uh, a while ago, I bought every ad on Facebook, and then five weeks later, I'm waiting for all the packages to show up, and they're all here but one. So I'm going to shoot the video. Five weeks is plenty of time to give somebody to ship me a <laughs> yeah, product. So, um, and uh, it's it's funny if you click on a woodworking ad in Facebook, Facebook then like says, oh, hey, you like woodworking ads. And it just gives you more and more and more. And so when you purposely click on all of them, you start getting some horrible looking products. Like, and some of them are scams. I've, d- I've done one video like this already, and it did pretty well. And it was just like, I don't know how Facebook gets away with some of these scams. But uh, yeah, so we're shooting another one of those videos. So, hmm. That's cool. That
0: I was is- thinking about something uh, related to that that action of clicking on a thing that you like, it dawned on me as I was thinking about YouTube recently, and I don't want to go down the algorithm rabbit hole and talk about videos not performing and stuff like that, but it dawned on me that the, the code in YouTube that does its best to try to figure out what you as a user want to watch, it is so aggressive that every time somebody searches for something or accidentally gets to something and watches something, it now becomes the new this must be their favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. And I never really thought about the fact that it's not it's not even trying to I, I I assume, this is all assumption. It's not trying to add new keywords to the things that person X likes. It's like well, you must hate everything that you ever liked before, and now you only want to know about blank.
1: That's so true.
0: (laughs) And I think that actually might be what's happening. Like, that's a well-intentioned, let's get them what they want, but... I know that when I go to YouTube, a lot of times it's looking up, well, how do I do this one thing that I only need to do right now and yeah, I need like, to do like how it. Do and you, I need how to do you put a belt
1: it. how do you put a belt on a lawnmower? Then all of a sudden it thinks you're a small small yeah. engine repair man. It just keeps Right. Feeding or you.
0: or like you're a professional landscaper and that's what right. you want to see. Or you right. know and so I get it, but then it, it made me realize that there's no there's no like long term and short term attachment it I, in my profile or whatever to a topic, which seems like a really logical thing. And maybe there is again, this is all conjecture, but you know, it would be interesting if there were a way for all of these algorithms across all of the different social sites for me as a consumer to understand that the thing that I'm searching for or the thing that I'm looking at is not a long term thing. It's a, it's a right now it's an until I get the piece of information that I need. It's, a popular thing that is not going to be popular in two weeks, something like
2: that. I think Pinterest is way more aggressive than YouTube. Like I remember one time I clicked on a photo of Steven Tyler and two years ago and now Pinterest every once in a while still gives me more pictures of of Steven Tyler. (laughs) Um, But yeah, YouTube is also (laughs) aggressive in that. And I, you know, recently I played a, a couple of '80s videos, so then it would recommend a bunch of '80s videos. So now, the other day, we wanted a bunch of '80s videos playing in the background. I switched to my other account because I'm very protective about my main YouTube account. I watch YouTube more than anything. I'm uh, I'm I'm on YouTube quite a bit, so I, I'm I'm kind of protective about my recommendations. So yeah. I will switch to the other account when I know it's going to be aggressive about feeding me stuff.
0: Hmm. It's, I've kind of had the opposite reaction to that. Um, our main account gets logged into by, like, everybody on the team for different reasons, mm-hmm. uploading videos or, you know, and if somebody's logged in and they go to watch something, then it starts showing me pinball things because Anthony is into pinball or it shows me some random thing that Josh likes or Megan likes or whatever. And so now uh, where, where I used to be logged into that account on, like, our TV – or even my phone, now that's become a for me, like a corporate account. A thing that I don't I can't trust its recommendations at all because it's it's like a utility thing. So now we have several other channels, some are public, some are not. And one of those is the one that I stay logged into because I know nobody else will. And so like that's where all of my searches mm-hmm. and my subscriptions and stuff are. The bad thing about that is that The people that I have subscribed to over the years, as long as we've been doing this, I actually don't see a lot of what they do now because I never got their subscription transferred over to this other Uh, account. You know what I mean? So occasionally I'll run across a video of somebody we know, and I'm like, whoa, when did that happen? I had no idea. And it was six months ago, but it's just because I'm not – you know, I, I've moved accounts. I guess that's on me, not on anybody else. But.
2: So I also quite a bit when YouTube, I'm on, I think I'm on my recommended page more than the subscription page for sure. Hmm. I will say not interested in a video quite a bit. Oh. So I might might watch it, end up watching a news thing and then, oh, you want to watch Channel 5 news clips all day. And I would just say <laughs> not interested and then it won't show it anymore. Here's a, um, a hot tip for anybody who wants to start a Uh, a YouTube channel. When I went through my course last year, one of the um, exercises that we went through was start a new YouTube channel, not for posting, but just for watching. And only watch and comment and like videos that you would find inspiration in and that you want to be associated or recommended to. So you started a new YouTube channel. I find one video and then you, you, you watch it all the way through. So YouTube records that watch time. And then you comment and you like on it. And then when it's done, only click on a recommended video that you would want to be associated with. And you keep doing that. And you build this recommended feed of what you can find inspiration in and what you could use to help. you. you it helps you understand what, what YouTube thinks you want to watch and Hmm. helps you determine the types of videos that you should be making. If you want to be associated with those types of videos.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I guess you could kind of apply that same thing to, if you had a target audience, you could, you could mimic that audience in those actions. Mm -hmm. I guess that's, I guess that would work the same way. You know, I want people who are new to DIY or something. I'm going to act as if I am completely new to this. What would that person search for? What would they like? Hmm. Wow, seems like a lot of work. If if that was the goal,
2: well, I mean, if you want to make a living, you uh, doing the thing, you got to put in the work, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of.
0: (laughs) 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 Anyway, um, let's see. For me, I built a a planer stand. Did I talk about this already? I don't don't think so. About this or not? So I've got this planer. This isn't going to be out for a couple weeks, Um, but we. I have this DeWalt planer. It's like one of those, not a lunchbox, the tall style. It's like the flatter, I don't know what the style is called. Anyway, it's a DeWalt
1: planer. It's a more aggressive one. It's a little bit more hardy. Yeah.
0: Um, and it is heavy. It is so heavy. It's like it says 92 pounds on the top of it. So it has like a two-person lift thing on it just to pick this thing up. So it's also very awkward to pick up because it's a big square, like a cube. It's not even – Yeah. It, there's just no great way to pick it up. So I've always had it on this little like a piece of MDF with casters underneath it so that I can just kick it underneath the miter saw and get it out of the way because I don't use it a whole lot. But when I need to use it, I'm not going to pick it up, so I just roll it out. It's at the floor, so I have to bend down to plane a board, which, I mean, if you have to make more than two passes on something, that is rough. That's hard on your back. So that was the impetus for, like, i got to get this thing up off the floor. I need to make a stand to put this thing on. And then I started looking at, well, what other problems are there with this thing? And then I asked Instagram, this is the planner I have. Who else has it? And what are the problems? And I got a ton of responses, mm. which was yes. really cool because it was gratifying because I saw that most of the responses were the same problems that I had. And then there were a few other ones that were either solutions to problems that they had found or just here's another problem, you know? And so that was really cool to be able to take my list of things to fix and then add a few more other things that I hadn't thought of or whatever that weren't a big deal to me and build a bunch of solutions, a bunch of really simple solutions around those things just to make it better overall. So it's it's like a you know 5% gain on a bunch of things. It's just easier to use now. So I built this really simple stand that integrates dust collection and a sled and some in-feed, out-feed improvements and, you know, just basic stuff. I mean, it's it's not complicated, but, man, I got to the end of it, and I'm like, this thing is so much better now. <laughs> I can stand at my normal height, and I can mill a board, and then when I'm done, I can take this entire contraption and just roll it over and stick it in a corner, and it's out of the way. And it's funny how something so... You'll something use so- more now, definitely. I probably will, yeah. yeah. It won't be... It won't have this, like, negative... Like, feeling
1: with it. (laughs) Yeah, because of all the stuff you don't want to do that's part of the non creative process. And it's
0: really funny how something as, I don't know, uninspired as like a planer cart actually was really helpful and feels really good to have fixed. You know, it's not one of those things that I think a lot of people are going to watch probably because, you know, they have to have that planer or a similar planer for it to be relevant. But anyway. Uh, That was the kind of thing I did last week, and it was a very quick thing to put together, uh, which was also surprising at how quickly I was able to fix a bunch of things that have bothered me for a couple of years. (laughs) You know? It's like, Mm. hey, look, an afternoon's worth of work would have made my back feel better for the last few years. (laughs) So um, I did that. And then I don't know if I talked about it last week or not. I think I might have. But I've been kind of going through all of – not all of. I'm trying to go through all of my different spaces – surfaces, we'll say surfaces, and just fix them. I've been so busy and distracted and impatient and whatever that my desk looks like somebody just dumped somebody else's desk on top of it and walked away. That's what it looks like right now. So I haven't done my desk. But the electronic station behind me was a pile that I had to always move stuff to even like solder something. So I spent an afternoon and redid it. And now it's a nice big surface that's organized and I can use. I tore down my 3D printing stand with a bunch of 3D printers on it and um, rebuilt it, laid it out better, got rid of some stuff and gave away some stuff that I don't use. And so now I have a nice, clean, easy to clean uh, 3D printing station. And so now I'm looking at the shop and I'm going through the woodworking section. I'm trying to compress the woodworking tools and the dust down to a little bit smaller footprint so that I can then have this other big area that's should be taken advantage of. Right now, it's just like the collection pile for you know extra wood and all this stuff. So I'm just trying to go through each little area and make it better. And um, that's forcing me to look at the shop as a whole and say like, what do I what do I use the most? What is there stuff in here I could just get rid of because I'm used to having it, but I don't actually use it and that, all of that stuff kind of led us to talking about kind of resetting and um, spring cleaning stuff today.
2: Before we get into the reset, I want yes. to talk about something similar. In my little 3D printing area, you know, we're, when we're working with the resin, sometimes it gets a little messy. And I seen somebody like, oh, you just have a mat. And then you just take that mat and set it out in the sun for a day. Everything becomes non-toxic mm-hmm. and, and hardens and, and cures. So I'm like, oh, I need to get a mat. I went to Harbor Freight and I got their tool liner, like a like a roll of that, that foam tool liner. Don't get that. This is my suggestion. Oh. it never, it will never flatten out. It it, it keeps the, the shape of the curl, of the roll, the curl. <laughs> it will. I hate, I hated it. So I found some silicone mats on Amazon for like ten bucks or whatever, and I just I just used those. So the yeah. tool liners that you get from Harbor Freight, stay away from them. I bought doing, or I though? made
0: a, a a silicone mat in a video a long Ooh. time ago. Yeah. And I it's I haven't used it. I rolled it up and like just like put it behind something and then I pulled it out the other day to use it for that exact same purpose to put it right in front of the resin printers. And as I laid it down, I was like, "This thing is so cool. Like it's <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made it with The form I made for it, I laser engraved in a grid pattern and measurements and all that type of stuff. And so it has these really fine details. And as I laid it out, I'm like, why do I not use this thing? Why do I not sell this thing? It's, like, so cool. But anyway, so now I'm getting to use it. Jimmy, you were going to say something?
1: Uh, I was going to say, when you have a a piece of rubber like that that you unroll, most likely it's PVC. It's not, like, real. It's cheap like that one from Harbor Freight. Put it in the dryer throw it in the dryer and the dryer like heats it up and then you oh. could lay it flat oh. it might work i mean a there was your year- yeah hot tip years ago we were doing something with with um uh, wa- uh shower stall things we was making like these kind of uh dodges these big frames stretched with shower curtains and they we opened them up and they were all full of lines from being folded and so we threw them in a dryer and it made them all perfectly flat. Once hmm. we take them out warm, lay them flat, and they just stayed exact. And all the lines disappeared. I got so one more hot that tip. Type
2: one more hot tip before we get into our reset is uh, for years, I had the the Wagner heat gun that I would use for, for heating up things. And the cord was yeah, right. really, really stiff. And it didn't have a nice – like if you wanted to set it upside down, the cord was so stiff that it wouldn't – it would just – fall Take down control. it recently burned out last week and i went to go get a new one their their new one the cord is way more flexible it has a bigger base on the back side to hold so it sits on the bench upside down so if you have an old wagner
1: heat gun and you hate it you might want to get the new one
2: yeah. <laughs> hot tip
0: hot tip literally hot tip i've been seeing some
1: yeah. cordless heat guns which look like they might be uh, a good addition to any shop. I, I, I saw that. I think Ryobi makes
2: one, and I didn't want to get into another battery system. So,
1: yeah,
0: Dewalt
2: has one. Oh, De- I don't know DeWalt what, has what
0: system you have, but they do have one. I'm not sure. It may be pretty expensive. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I just saw somebody using it.
0: Well, uh, let's talk about resetting. I yeah. don't know if you guys have any of the stuff that you're doing or thinking about doing. Um, I kind of said what all I'd been working on with it, but I also ran into last night, I went to Target to get some coffee. And I remembered that my wife had gotten my daughter some little organization things for her bathroom drawers. So I remembered being in there and her looking at this end cap of all of these different size little plastic containers that are a dimension that you can stack up to put inside of a drawer, you know, so you could segment it and whatever. So I went over and looked at them. I'm like, oh, I need some like little cups or something for small parts. And I found these things. This the brand is Brightroom, which is one of the Target local. Or I mean, like you know, their own brand kind of things. It's these little tiny cups, and there's a bunch of different variations of size. But this pack of four cups, these are three and three eighths square by two and a half inches tall. And then there's this size, which is uh, the same thing, but six by five by two and a half. And then there's a bunch of other variations of these sizes, right? They're all the same height. They're all the same, uh, you know, material and design, and they come in a bunch of different colors. But each one of these things was like a $1.50 or $2. Yeah. And so being able to go in and spend, you know, 10 bucks and completely fill out a workshop drawer with containers that you can lose, you can break, whatever. These are all ABS, so they're like flexible and, you know, you could clean them out easily. It got no, me thinking about. They have about, like
1: little round corners, so you don't lose things in the corners.
0: Yeah, they had, and they're tapered down mm. so that they would drop into something cubes. easily. Yeah, <laughs> you make ice cubes. Um, so anyway, something like this, you know, you can get this type of thing at Harbor Freight and at every other store. But going to a place like Walmart or Target and looking in a different section, in a cooking section or in a bathroom section, for containers that you could make work in. small organization, this right here, these four little cups will help me improve my entire electronic station. Because one of the problems is that when I take parts out of something that I'm going to use, but I'm not using yet, they lay on the table, which means they get knocked around, which means they fall on the floor and whatever. So having a couple of these that I can grab one, put the parts in, and then I know that when I go to clean up, I have to empty all of these little containers. Like that's just a yeah, it's a system that's very inexpensive that I can put in place. And so I'm going to try these out because I, I kind of like the material and I like this size and format and stuff. Um, I'm going to try these out and see if they will become a mechanism that I know when I look around and I see the little gray boxes, that means I have stuff to put away. Or if I need to take small parts from here to the office, I can grab one of these. And if I leave it there or lose it or whatever, it's not a big deal. So that's one of my tips that I came up with they are inexpensive um do you guys have you been reset excuse me have you been resetting or are you going to for the spring
1: after the podcast last week i looked around and like i was talking about the plumbing early on the plumbing had the house a little discombobulated a little disheveled and as the plumbing was kind of coming to a close i looked around last week and on christmas day I spent the day by myself and I opened up the 3D printer that I got from Formlabs and it's what I pointed over my shoulder and I set it up in the dining room on the dining room table and and this other table nearby and that's where it stayed until last Wednesday and I was like it's time to focus this table that sits behind me was always covered with junk also this room got reset going into the fall. And this room was gutted in May, and during the summer, me and my brother, we sheetrocked it and insulated it, and I painted the floor, and I got the office all redone. You guys remember this room, looking over my shoulder in the podcast, it looked like I was in a clubhouse, there was stuff hanging everywhere on the walls. <laughs> and it might eventually get back that way again, but now the walls are flat and even, there's lighting, there's electric, before there was only one outlet in the whole room. And uh, so everything was disheveled, because I was waiting on the plumbing, and I knew there would be radiators going in here right behind me on the ground. There's one right here now. There's one over there now. and But last week I focused on that tabletop. I got that table cleaned off. And when I got the table cleaned off, I was like, oh, I could put the 3D printers here now. So I went in the other room and I brought the 3D printers in. And then once that room was cleaned off and these printers were placed here with some conscious effort, not just plopped after I opened the box, that room now became available to be fixed up. And there's no 3D printers anymore. And this table was saddled with all the 3D printing aftermath. What is it? The wash thing and the light thing. Then I was like, I don't need this table anymore. Because all it did was hold the wash bucket and the light curing station. So I got rid of that. And I made room. And then one thing. So by literally cleaning this table up right here behind me after the podcast, it set off cleaning this room up, cleaning the dining room up. And then it led to cleaning up what I call the living room. And... That's when I started going around and saying, what can I put in here? What can I put in here? And I went back to the shop and all these things that I built over the years that I haven't been able to bring to the house only because the, there would have been a, a design conflict uh, of aesthetics between me and someone that used to live here. And now I don't have that design aesthetic conflict anymore. I could put whatever I want. I could lean canes, swords. Sickles, hatchets <laughs> Ice picks I could oh, wow. stab the table with my ice pick I can do all that now I'm like a college student, I love it So <laughs> With some with some tasteful decisions behind all of it Only I'm fancy able, swords Only fancy right. expensive swords right. yeah. And, you know, skulls and bees nests And all this cool fun <laughs> stuff that turns me on Which was all put Put away And now it's no longer put away And so I, I There was that one room, and, and you know it's funny, I, I, I see a therapist every other week, and I was talking to him the other day about that, that room, and I was like, that room was, I wasn't allowed in there, I wasn't allowed, and like it's been months that I'm allowed to do whatever I want, but the residual of like, this is my area, don't touch it, was still hanging in the air. And so last Wednesday, when I was kind of working my way through the house organizing, and I looked in that room, and I was just like, wait a minute. This this is my house. This is my room. I could do whatever I want to it. It was like a little bit of a revelation because hmm. it was just hanging in the air because it was an unfinished project by somebody else. It was like, don't touch this till I scrape all the windowsills completely of paint and completely sand the floor and completely redo the plastic. Don't touch this room. This is my and obviously it's just mine now. People can figure out that I'm talking between the lines, but that room when I looked at it last week I was like I could put whatever I want in here. Hmm. There's no more there's no more arguing.
0: Have you thought about a ball pit?
1: Yes. Okay. Actually one yes, of the bedrooms please. I'm turning into a ball pit.
0: <laughs> I have always wanted to do that. I'm not even joking. My entire life. You, you I've should wanted do, that's to have totally a, a bob project. This oh, <laughs> is so much fun. What I would really like I'm sorry to derail your
1: No, no, it's good. I'm kind of finished.
0: Okay, so what I've always wished. <laughs> Since I was a kid, was that I had a two-story house where on one end of the house, you have like a balcony that looks down into a living room, and that living room was a ball pit so that you could go up to the second floor, jump off the balcony into like an eight-foot ball pit that you would probably drown in or something. But, oh man, that'd be so cool. And I've never had a place to do anything like that.
1: Hmm. That sounds like, that totally sounds like a, a Bob project.
2: I'd love to do that. I mean,
0: just be Mm. like buying a bunch of balls on
2: Amazon. (laughs) Do it. it. (laughs) And then when you're tired of it, what do you do with all those balls? Just leave the room set up. You just leave the room set up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Like if people are gonna like if you have a guest room, just make the guest room. You're gonna have to stay in the ball pit tonight. I hope you don't. mind. There's a
2: Murphy bed in the ball pit. <laughs> you do like, make like a, uh, what's Imagine the name of the door through. where you have the
0: top and the bottom of the door that's, that swing separately? Yeah, the yeah like the a Dutch door. That door. Yeah, Dutch door. And so, you know, the balls go up to the top of the bottom door. So yeah. you have to open the top to jump in. I love oh, it, man.
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. This is wow. great. Yeah. Yeah. So then I started moving plants around and I went to Home Depot and I bought a rug. I was like, Whoa. I made a quick trip to Home Depot. I bought a rug. And you know how long it took me to buy the rug? Guess how long it took seconds. me to bother. Thirty me. seconds. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> I walked so in the room. I saw the length and width I probably needed, and I was like, "Oh, that's an Aztec pattern. Love Aztec design." I was that's mm. that was the decision making process. Threw and it, it on my shoulder. The room I threw it on my shoulder and I walked out. That's hm. it. It was unbelievable. Mm. And I, oh, and I walked past like those rubbery mats. I'm like, I'll need one of those. And, and there was an like, I had the argument, I was like, but what if it's the wrong size? And I said, I'll cut it to fit. Stop yelling at me. And then I walked <laughs> out of the store.
0: Shut up, me. Yeah. Shut up, me. me.
1: And it, okay, everything so, worked out perfect.
0: So, similarly, um, my wife and I were having a conversation yesterday. We went up into the boys' room during lunch and we're looking at. So, I have three boys. They live in the converted attic space. So, it's a big room, but there's three boys three bed four beds you know all of their clothes all of their toys 10 to 15 age range so there's a lot of stuff in this room so it doesn't feel like a big room anymore and so we were looking at it and we were just like you know what can we do to help these kids like they can't actually put everything away because we've not given them a place to put everything away so what can we do and this happens with us all the time and this connects to what you just said we look at a big thing like that and we start going, well, if we put another dresser here, then we would have this little thing solved. But if we put that there, then that means that over here we have to do that. And that we can't do that because of this thing and because of the door and because of the, 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 the. and it just turns into a paralysis of if we want to do one thing, that means we have to go backwards 300 steps and do the other thing. And that means we have to make 800 decisions along the way. And my wife and I are not great at making those types of decisions together. We can both do it, but not together. And we want to work together on this stuff. So what we were trying to do was organize one little corner for them. And it turned into, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do either. Well, I guess we will continue to do nothing about this room. And that's not great. So what we ended up with – and like the way that I feel about stuff like this, you could apply this to a workshop. When you look around, it's a space with lots of stuff, lots of overlapping spaces and lots of overlapping uses and stuff like that. And so it's very easy to be like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to do it all at one time. Whereas your house might be like this. I don't know how to do the whole thing at one time.
1: Yeah. Just one section at a time. You got to focus. Yeah. I was
0: telling my wife like, but all we have to do is solve one thing and that's not going to solve it all. But if we solve one today and one tomorrow and one the next day, eventually it will start to work its way together. And we have to not be precious about those solutions because solving step one may mean that when we're at step 90, step one doesn't work anymore and we have to change that. And that's fine. Like, I've told her before, I don't care about building a piece of furniture that gets used for six months and then it doesn't work anymore. And then we get rid of it. We give it to somebody and then we do something else there. Totally fine. I don't want to renovate a kitchen again. But, you know, like making th- solutions that can be replaced, even if they're not like the long term, you know, my grandchild is going to get this piece of furniture kind of solution, it's fine if it's moving things forward just a little bit. So when I'm looking at the shop uh, and you talking about your house, like I'm kind of trying to do the same thing. Like if the rug is the wrong size, okay, at least we have a rug down for a few months until we find one that is the right size or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. So with my reset, both in our house for our kids' stuff and in the workshop, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is fight my urge to to not move until I have a complete solution. Like, that's bad for me. Yeah, that does not work done. for me. Yeah, exactly. And so, honestly,
1: that's why my house, you guys never been here, but friends and family that have been to my house, there's so many unfinished projects and it got right down to Well, I want a table that's big. Well, I want a table that's small. All right, let's just use this table that happens to be the only one we have ready to go, and then we'll argue about it forever. And so that is why I'm building a table that's big. Because the table that's there, we have dinners. I have dinners over with friends, and we're all like sitting in each other's lap because the table was small, because that's what somebody else wanted. But I want a table that's big. I want to feel Mm. like I'm sitting at a big table. And then, again, the table will double as I want to lay out a leather project. I can lay it out in the dining room because it's like a clean room. When you do leather in the workshop, the dust gets in everything and it's always an extra element. So I prefer doing leather in the house or at least getting the setups that I can. So the dining room table will double as sort of a leather work table for me or a clean work table, whether I'm doing paper projects or leather. And hmm. that's why I always wanted a big table. But it was basically like, this is the house, silly. You don't do projects in the house. I'm like, yeah. Right. Okay.
0: And I mean, there is a, a, of course, you know, when you live with somebody, you, there is a collaboration for the spaces that you have to come up with. And that's something that, I mean, honestly, for my wife and I, it's always been kind of a struggle because we're, we have strong ideas about our own solutions. And a lot of times those are both right. They're just different. And, um, you know, so like we, with the kitchen was, was a real struggle with that for us was just, yeah, that's a good idea, but it's not mine. And so, how do we find a thing that accomplishes both of ours? And it just takes longer for us to get to that.
1: You just keep everything in a milk crate, and you just wait till the one day when it magically. <laughs> <I'm
0: joking. laughs> well, I mean, like, so we renovated our kitchen. It's been two years since we started it, I guess. And so, when we did that, we had to box up everything, right? We boxed up every piece of everything in the kitchen to move it out so that we could gut the room. And then we took out the stuff that we needed to eat (laughs) and like cook in a corner of the, you know, entryway. And so there are boxes of things that, you know, the kitchen stuff that you don't actually use very often, but you want to keep around like the, you know, cake plates and stuff like that. It never got pulled out. So we still have a handful of maybe three or four boxes that are in a corner Mm -hmm. that don't have a home because they weren't. Uh, important enough for us to build a home for initially. And that's just oversight on our part. But so now we have these few things that we still are in the way of the rest of our house. And so we have to find a place for them. But it's not a huge priority. So like you're joking about staying in the milk crate, but the truth is like we still have things that... That's
1: exactly how, I mean, I live like my, my basement has got a whole bunch of stuff in it because me and my former housemate couldn't decide what to do with it. I yeah. knew what I wanted to do with it, but it wasn't a good enough idea, so it just sat in the milk crate until the most perfect idea came through. Till like a genie popped out of a lamp, and the genie would give us exactly what we wanted. But that doesn't happen. you got to kind of inch your way towards what you need. The genie never well, popped out of the lamp, so everything just sits in a box in the basement.
0: So in our case, there's no. we're not waiting for a genie, but <laughs> we both have very different ideas about what the solution is for those things and how they should yeah. be stored and what else yeah. could be contributed. You're like whatever that solution is, could allow for other things. We just have a different idea about it. Hmm. And that's one of those things that is frustrating for me to not have a solution for. But at the same time, it's more important for me, for us to figure it out together, rather than for me to impose my will or for me to give up. You know, like neither one of those feel worthwhile to me. Um, And so it's interesting to have the combination of like the workshop where I can reset anytime I want to, I can build new furniture without anybody having input and I can change the whole thing anytime I want. And then you go upstairs and then you have a house that you share with five other people and it matters (laughs) what you do. And it matters, you know, how you, how you make the space good for everyone, not just for, for me and, and right now, which is my tendency, you know, I want to make it fine for right now. Um, so we're kind of doing both of those things at the same time in our house, which is an interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, my, in my former living situation, it was the workshop is basically mine and everything else is yours to decide. Now everything mm-hmm. is mine to decide, which is honestly refreshing. It's something that I haven't had in a long time. Yeah. It's like I move something and I wait, like I buy or bring something into the house and there's still this residual of like it's not going to be accepted. But there's nobody to not accept it. But I'm almost, right. you know, I'm like, in a way, I it's, for lack of a better term, it's it's a little bit of um, mental abuse residual.
0: Yeah, it's conditioning.
1: Conditioning hanging on, and not not in a healthy way. And I'm working right. my way through it, honestly. Good. It's it's little. It's little. You know, it's I'm not I'm not physically or mentally abused the way, you know, people assume when they hear that. But conditioning is a good, mild way to put it. I'm conditioned Mm. for everything I decide to not to be accepted. Mm. (laughs) Nothing,
0: David.
2: (laughs) David, (laughs) I'm I'm curious. I
0: I know that you're being quiet because you've been sick, and you you, and your dogs are barking and stuff. But I'm curious um, with you and Kelly. You, I feel like I've never been to your house. But I feel like your house has very little stuff in it, and yeah. is easy to, like you don't run into. I, I, this is pure speculation on my part, but I just kind of assume that your house is like super modern and simple, and there's not a lot of stuff to figure out where to put things. Is that true?
2: <laughs> is that- some, no, that's that's good for the most part. You're you're right. I haven't been jumping in on this because, um, I don't it's not like we have the most perfect relationship in the world and we never argue, but we hardly ever argue. We, we're almost 100% on the same page as far as anything in the house. That's almost. Cool. If anything, it's like, are you like, we're we're like careful to not, um, overpower the other one. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. do this. Is that okay? Uh, you know, like whatever, you, whatever you want. We're both kind of like that. So I'm, um, Really lucky in as far as the house stuff. And if there's anything that Kelly's really strong about or I'm really strong about, it's really easy for me to remember, like, oh, I have my office and I have my shop. And I can do whatever I want in those two spaces. And that makes me feel really good. So um, as far as the house stuff, we're totally on the same page. The the reset stuff, like... um, Daniel and I have been preparing for this podcast episode for like four weeks now because when we're waiting for glue to dry or there's a break in the project, I've been telling Daniel, go to those two drawers, take everything out and put it back in. But do it in like mm-hmm. a, a knolling type way where everything is that's a really
1: That's a really good exercise to do is just take everything out of something and then put it back. And put it back. And that helps
2: organize it but it also lets him know where exactly everything is Mm -hmm. and then we went to home depot we got a huge four foot by eight foot piece of that pink insulation the inch stuff and i'm going to start lining all the drawers with that and cnc in the the profile of the tools into there and so we're doing that reset which is a it's a mental weight reset of like i know where everything is everything has a home i feel much better about this shop is organized and then there's this there's this other reset, which is just an inspiration reset where I like to rearrange things like you know you rearrange your living room every couple of years and it just feels new and it just you just want you just want to hang out in that room and you want to watch a movie. I like doing that with the shop because that is my that's my creative space, so maybe I'll paint a wall, maybe I'll make a new piece of furniture, and it's not one hundred percent necessary, but it's like it's like a, a musician who gets a new guitar and then they write 10 new songs with a new guitar because they're, they're yeah. inspired and we'll be honest, like get different guitars sound different, but they don't sound that different. Nobody <laughs> needs 20 guitars, right? Um, Bite your tongue. But, yeah, <laughs> but you do that because it's, it's an, it's inspiring. And so my Version of buying new guitars is just like redoing something in the shop, and I'm yeah, it's a reset. I just feel like, oh, I want to be in this space because it's so clean and everything is so organized, and the, the world is mine. It's funny, yeah. that's
1: exactly the, the motivation behind making this new table for the dining room. I mean, I definitely want it to be a little bit bigger, but the idea is something fresh and new is mm. a big part of it, too. So, that's that's a good way to put it. You know, you don't necessarily need it, but the act of Making the space a little bit better helps you be more inspired to be there, to do something there, and to think about being in that space. That's really smart. And yeah, I
0: think a lot of times those changes can, like, enable a bunch of other stuff. Just you having a big, sp- a big table like that. You're thinking of it as a leatherworking, you know, area that you could you could double as that. But then once you have it, you'll start to find... Yeah. other Many other uses for it. Or just mm. realize that, wow, it was really nice just to
2: have a big open space in the house that I don't have to You know what's to worry really
1: about. nice, too, is the potential of an empty table. It's like having mm. a beautifully clean The local. potential
2: of an empty table is amazing. That yeah. phrase just, like,
1: <laughs> hit home. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, there's one thing that no matter, no matter what, my kitchen table only has one or two things on it. Whatever somebody's drinking, maybe if you just ate lunch, there's a fork on it. My kitchen table never has anything on it. And that was that was a practice that me and my former housemate always made sure. The kitchen table is always ready for a project, always ready for dinner, always ready for lunch, and it never got stuff piled on it. And it's still I'm just
2: writing down in my notes the potential of an empty table. I love that phrase so much. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> much. That's the episode title right there. There you go.
1: <laughs> and that's why when I cleaned that table off, it was just full of tchotchkes and you know, mail and stuff that I got. And I cleaned it off, and I was like, oh, this is my 3D print station. I wasn't even thinking that when I emptied that table. And now it's it's sparsely decorated, but it's got the three main, the printer, the, the wash station, and the curing station. It's all right there, boom, 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 behind the plant. I moved the plant in here.
2: And, it's a nice plant, by the way.
1: Oh, it's a big palm tree. I won it in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. so... It's uh, The idea of keeping surfaces empty is not easy for me. Even my main workshop table, the whole end is just all scattered with like the debris that I can't decide what to do with. So I have a a nine-foot by four-foot table. The last two feet is just crowded with stuff. And one of these days, I'm going to make a decision to get it all off there. But whenever I shoot at that table for the videos, I'm always shooting... But just behind the camera is the big pile of stuff at the end of the table. It well, looks course, like an empty yeah. table, <laughs> but it's not an empty table.
0: I half mean, our, it's half our 10-foot island that we built in our kitchen, the idea, I mean, when you think about that and when you're planning it out, in CAD, it's like this beautifully clean, open surface that, oh, we could – use this for meals and whatever, but the fact is it's like the dumping ground for every piece of paper that my kids have ever touched and yeah. every drink cup and the cats are on it all the time and, you know, it's just like,
1: Wah. you got a pile of spices at the end. You don't know where to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. And so
0: it's it's a constant struggle for us to get the kitchen table, like the eating table, which is a big table, and the island, which is gigantic, to be even reasonably clear. Not clear, yeah. reasonably clear. Yeah. But – Cool. Well, any other thoughts on on resetting stuff? Or?
1: No. I mean, if I can give anybody advice, it's just start with that table that's full of junk mm. and just see what to go through it. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a junk drawer. The table's tops become junk drawers. And if you really start focusing on it, you're like, okay, I can put these four piles of mail into one pile and about 10 pieces of these mails is just credit card things I don't need. I could rip up and throw away. <clears throat> you really start looking at stuff. You give everything importance and when you really take a close – clear eye view at it it's not that important you could just throw it out yeah
2: the one thing that really helps me is what if somebody else had to use this shop and i wasn't here could Mm -hmm. they get around you know and then i um as far as like closets and stuff i think about like oh when i die somebody has to go through this think about Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. throw all all the porn away throw all the porn away that's the subtitle so my
0: uh my suggestion or, like, tip for this would be to try not to look at the entire problem. Try to just look at one small yeah, thing and
2: just that's really make
0: one one solution, even if you know that that solution is going to have to be redone six months down the road or whatever. Just, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Um, all right. Well, I already thanked our Patreon supporters. I mean, thank them again, because they're still awesome, even through this entire episode. Uh, big thanks to everybody over there. And again, if you want to support the show, go to Patreon.com/slash/ Making It and help us out. Or just you know pass the show to somebody else you think might like it. That'd be awesome. Um, I have a recommendation. If you guys want me to go first, sure. So there's a channel that's been around for a long time, and i I think it's I think it's pronounced Ruloff Maker. You know this guy. You guys have seen this guy's
1: I think channel. So, before. Yeah.
0: Italian guy makes crazy stuff, like very, very cool stuff. Well, I watched a video of his the other day, and it was the first one that I had seen pop up in a long time, which is indicative of the problem. He's closing that channel. It has 500,000 subscribers. And it hurt my heart to watch the video and watch this guy who does amazing stuff and is just baffled at how his channel has fallen apart not because of him, not because of his videos, but, like, he's losing a significant amount of subscribers every day. The videos have completely fallen out of favor with something.
1: Could you say his name again? I'm going to look it up.
0: Rulof Maker. R-U-L-O-F. So, I put a link to his new channel. He's basically just, he thinks there's something algorithmically wrong or technically wrong with his channel, and so he just is starting a new Hmm. one.
1: Oh, I see. English,
0: English is a second language, so part of what hurt my heart was him talking about maybe my English is not good enough. Oh. Maybe I'm, mm. I i don't look good enough for camera and I'm like, oh, that shouldn't be the thing. Because his English is fine. He has a great Italian accent. I mean, it like sounds awesome. He makes really cool stuff and he's just one of the many people uh, who have dealt with this type of stuff where all of a sudden stuff just stops working and you don't know why and it bums me out to see this. So... I'm hoping that everybody can hit the link, go subscribe to his new channel so he can get some, you know, some momentum over there and maybe get his passion for it. But I don't think his passion has left, but he's just discouraged, you know. Just and, and dis- it,
2: just subscribed.
0: Yeah, good. Uh, he makes really, really cool stuff. So. Cool. Uh, yeah, go check out Rulof Maker. The new channel is
2: called... Uh, Rulof is like, how to make. How, yeah, is how to make, yeah. Yeah. My pick is our buddy Make or Break Shop. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you've seen. He just put out a video yesterday or the day before of his new shop. And um, it's, it's a nice big old warehouse where he can – he's got like he's got a ton what? of lasers. That- um, he's like <laughs> like, <clears throat> if you need a laser review, you go to his okay. channel. So people send him lasers, and so he's got a ton of lasers that you can review, and um, it's, it's going to be so cool to see him have this space where he can have a full wood shop and what he can do with all this stuff, and he just makes really, really good videos.
0: He also edits this podcast.
2: He also edits this podcast. He also edits <laughs> really, really good podcasts. He does. Y'all, thank
0: you. The best. Oh, yeah, I see the video now. See, that's like, I didn't get that one.
2: It's such a cool space. God, I can't wait to see what he does. Cool. I'm gonna watch that right as soon as we're done. Okay.
0: Jimmy, uh, which got?
1: If you guys haven't seen Whistling Diesel, he bought a four hundred thousand dollar Ferrari. <laughs> <Goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> it is That's the attainable. funniest thing. I have no idea how he makes so much money, but it is hilarious to watch him buy. He bought a Ferrari, and everyone's like, "Oh, he he posts all the comments." That people say Ferrari will sue you, and so he tempts fate. It's the funniest thing. Uh. A couple of months ago, he bought a helicopter and hung it from the roof of his workshop and turned it on, and it just spun apart and broke everything in the room. It's funny. It's obviously it's just it's a little gluttonous, but at the same time, it just shows you like it's just stuff. It's just stuff. So, you know he he has the money to prove that it's just stuff. You know, so not everybody out. has that money to play that kind of game, but it, it it's just. It is absolutely funny, and it's just a certain personality that can do that, and he pulls it off really well.
2: I don't know all the details, but I do know that Ferrari will sue you. I think when you buy a Ferrari, you sign an agreement saying you won't screw with the logos that, and you won't and do all this weird stuff. Exactly, yeah. really? exactly what yeah. he's yeah. tempting.
1: He's doing yeah. 180s in mud with this thing. He's, he's, <laughs> he's pressure washing oh, it. Yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> and oh, he man. Uh, and it, now the Ferraris in his shop. A couple months ago, he bought a Lamborghini and threw a hammer through the windshield. It's unbelievable. What? It's unbelievable how how he does these things. And it's just so funny. You can't help but like watch and laugh because he you know it's coming in the beginning. He's like, oh, and then they they tested some uh, TikTok thing where you could where you blow up this thing and it protects your supercar in the shop because it's like has constant air pressure so it's in a balloon so it okay. shows a ladder it shows a ladder falling on it in the TikTok video in his video <laughs> he goes and gets the same size ladder and he's like let me try another one and he goes and gets like until he has like a 25 foot ladder and he throws it on the bubble and it and it actually really does protect the car <clears throat> and then he says he yells off camera he yells hey throw me a hammer and then like a hammer a sickle a, a, a rake a hoe and Probably a hundred things. He must have had 25 people off camera throwing stuff at the bubble. And it went on for a lot longer than you would expect, and it just keeps you <laughs> laughing. It's so stupid. It's so funny, and it's just I can't wait to see what happens.
2: I get yelled at for uh, throwing a piece, of scrap piece of walnut across the shop, and people are like, you
1: don't respect blah, blah, blah. Don't
2: respect oh the goodness. walnut. You respect the walnut. That's funny. So check out, I, I mean, it's
1: great that. how he started, too. He started that just messing with cars in his grandpa's farm. And now here he is. He's got his own giant piece of land in Tennessee, and he does whatever he wants.
0: And a dead supercar, apparently. <laughs> he's got a
1: few. And, and, and it's not dead yet, but he will kill it. He will kill it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to put it through... And he just keeps saying, wow, you know, this car is so well built. It's going to be put through an endurance test that Ferrari never wanted it to be put through, along with his wow. Mercedes, along with his Lamborghini, and every other car that he...
0: Goodness Oh, yeah? Well, I have a car that (laughs) runs sometimes (laughs) and two that don't. Anyway. Uh, All right, cool. You guys got anything else for this week? That's good. That's good. Great. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank
1: you. Bye-bye.